You are listening to episode 85 of Game Deflators Podcast. My name's John. Here's Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators Podcast. We like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and we're 30 love in today's Inflation Deflation Challenge. Deuces, Ryan. All right, so this week, folks, we ended up playing Mario Power Tennis on the Nintendo GameCube. Uh, Ryan, we got a lot to talk about on that game. It was fun. It was a good time. It was for sure. It was you a know, good time. sometimes I forget that we were we could play fun games for the challenge. Like it's it's not like we're doing the crappy game challenge or or just picking and choosing things. Like sometimes I'm like, man, why don't I just play more fun games? <laughs> oh, I just I. The crappy game challenge just gives me nightmares. The uh, Miss Spider's Tea Party that we played like it last was year. It was 100% rigged. That was the worst inflation, or not inflation. It wasn't even inflation, deflation. It was just crappy. That's just all crappy. it was, Ryan. Crappy. Uh, so yeah, this week uh, we're going to be discussing that. And then uh, we've got some really cool articles, uh, primarily Last of Us. We've got some information on uh, Billy Mitchell that came out recently in the uh, Video Game Hall of Fame. New inductees. So we'll get into that in a little bit here. So first off, John... Uh, I didn't pick up or play anything this week. What? No, I know. Dude, this is a Game of Flares podcast. We're supposed to talk about games we recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and or is it games John is currently picking up and John's yeah, currently yeah. playing? Yeah, yeah, this is, this is the, the, I don't know, man. All right. It's disappointing. All right, it, so Ryan, ask your questions. This is a formal interview around video so, game pickups. So, John, tell me, uh, what did you play this week? Uh, the real question is, uh, what did I not play this week? Okay, so... We'll go into the, the pickups in a moment. Um, actually, no, let's do pickups first, because okay, it would, leads into what I'm currently okay, playing. Okay, what'd you pick up? So I picked up Donut County on a Nintendo Switch. It was the last copy at Best Buy, and they're pretty expensive everywhere else right now, so 35 bucks, sure. Uh, Popa LaCroix, uh, which is a little tactical RPG uh, that is on the PSP. The reason I even found that one is because I'm playing Ark the Lad 3 still. Almost done with it, by the way. And... Popo LaCroix just came out on there as like one of the the PlayStation or Sony RPGs, like one of those specific RPGs tied to Sony. And so I just decided to pick up a copy. I got it for like 25 bucks. Uh, I got Singularity on the PS3, and then I got Katamari Forever on the PS3. And let's see, what else did I get? Uh, Legend of the Tetrarchs on PS4. That one is a limited run games copy that finally came in. Uh, Gravity Rush Remastered. I'm totally stoked about that, dude. So with that particular game, I didn't even know it existed uh, initially. So I saw the remastered, the remastered. Yeah. So I saw Gravity Rush 2 uh, in a Best Buy one time and ended up kind of pulling it aside and just saying, "Eh, this looks kind of cool, but I'll put it aside. And then I saw Gravity Rush 1. Like I looked it up to see like, okay, well, there's a 2. There must be a 1, obviously. And upon looking at one, it was super expensive. And I was like, I'm not paying that rate. I think it was like 100 bucks at that point. It's still like 120, 130. And on the Vita? Uh, no, that was on PS4. I don't, have, I don't have a Vita. Vita's okay. cheaper, I think. And so it happened to be that Game Grinder, um, who we had a recording with. Uh, shout what, out to Game Grinder. Ago. Yeah, shout out to him and Game Sense Podcast. Uh, so he actually did a, a review on Gravity Rush. And I watched that and immediately I was like, I've got to get this game at some point in time. But I'm a cheapskate, so I'm not going to be paying full price on this bad boy. Uh, so I've been looking on GameStop's website for on and off for the better part of a year now and the other day i just happened to be on gamestop's website checked gravity rush see if it was local and somebody had traded it in nice so i was like i've got to go get it i mean it's the fools i mean it's honestly it's more than what it was this was an amazon exclusive game so you weren't going to get it anywhere else but amazon and now gamestop and ebay and um <clears throat> yeah essentially i paid almost what half price for the most part for this game going through gamestop i think it came up to like 65 and on top of that, I picked up that copy of Godzilla the other day, and I actually, you know, I hate to do it sometimes, but I flipped the Godzilla, got double the money back, and then bought the Gravity Rush. Mm-hmm. So it worked out. I was actually talking to uh, uh, Jason over at Corpse Law Gaming, telling him, like, look, I just picked up this Godzilla. I'm going to try to get, like, double the money on this and then put it towards Gravity Rush. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I did, like, within a week. So it was pretty cool. Uh, and then I also got Viva Piñata Trouble in Paradise. So... I, for whatever reason, always just despise the Viva Piñata series, but I never really played it. it. I just thought it was a stupid concept. And then I looked at the art style recently and kind of the gameplay that's tied to it, and I was like, that looks pretty interesting. It's worth me 
picking up well, a copy if I can get it cheap. We talked about that a little bit last week. That's one of those kind of like launch title-y kind of feeling games mm-hmm. when we were talking about the bug snacks. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that, that type of art style have actually kind of grown to love anyways uh, because of ukulele series. Mm-hmm. So, and that's like, oh, and uh, hold on, I forgot the biggest pickup, dude. I ended up getting a collector's edition of Last of Us Part Two. Sick. Absolutely sick, dude. The statue in there, like the presentation of the box, the feel of the box is like great. It's got like that matte type of satin feel to it. I know. You've got like so many giant boxes now. Uh, yeah. That's so... the problem with those big special editions. It's like there's only so many places you could put giant boxes. Well, and that's uh, one of the Ellie edition, too, which is mm-hmm. bigger than that because that has a backpack. Oh, wow. I, cu- I couldn't get a copy of it. It sold out before I even knew it existed. And every time I tried to go online, like Target had it listed the other day, and I tried to add it to cart and go through the checkout process. Let me get all the way to the end where I was like, oh, no, something in your cart's Psych. messed up. Yeah, it sucked. I was so pissed, dude. Um, but yeah, so I ended up getting that game as well. So in my currently playing, since you didn't play anything this week, Ryan, disappointing. Nope, I know. Shame, shame, shame. Uh, Last of Us 2 is amazing 100 percent amazing i am about four to five hours into the game right now and i'm just having an absolute blast i'm not gonna have any spoilers on here but all of the the negative hype i guess that's come with it of oh will that be in the storyline and you know why she's seeking revenge and everything else like that's just a dumb idea or it's a dumb concept like all of the the things that i've heard just everywhere on playstation forums xbox forums anywhere you can think of come on like seriously it's just haters at that point like they're they're even you know we'll, we'll get into it here in a bit but like they're review bombing it you yeah know? like it's it's ridiculous and i'm absolutely loving it there's nothing janky about the controllers it's super polished uh you know the overall sneaking around and stealthing uh you know behind enemies and killing is awesome the ability to pick up items and craft you know uh, bandages or really medical kits and multi cocktails and all that stuff like it's just like you know i remember playing on the first one so i'm enjoying it so far uh the storyline just has me like hooked in right away um you know with the whole plot to be able to set up the game it's just it's hooked me in like immediately i'm absolutely loving this game and anybody that says it's anything lower than i would say a nine out of ten is just kidding theirself or lying yeah or kidding I mean, themselves i i just saw you know you playing it for a little bit when i got over here and i mean visually like i mean the fluidity of the movements and kind of like the believability of the reactions and actions just in those few little like knife fights you got into there like i was like this is so dynamic it's way more than you know another game where you've just got this like stock standard cut animation that your character's going to do every time like yeah. it really looks like somebody like moving through the world in a realistic way and it's like if the rest of the game is like up to that level of quality that i saw just in that few minutes there like i can't believe what's going on well like in this game you have like some crazy things you're allowed to do and and some of the stuff i remember in the first game but one of the cool things that i don't recall if it was in the first game or not is the ability to throw a bottle at somebody's head and run up and then just jab them in the temple Mm. you know with the knife one of the runners and then the clickers are just as i remember creepy as all hell um they have like that raptor type of screech whenever you know sound comes by them i mean you saw i was trying to sneak up on one earlier and i tried to you know just before i was about to hit triangle it just heard me like just enough tilt on my controller Mm -hmm. that it heard me move and it just it killed me so that was cool and then obviously it was funny because you're looking you're like aren't you supposed to stealth and i'm like one of them saw me like screw it like at this point guns blazing guns blazing and got a few headshots uh you know thrown in there and yeah, it was. It's fun. I'm definitely enjoying it. Uh, I'll have more. Obviously. How many hours in are you? About four to five. Four to five. So I'll have some more to talk about it next week. Hopefully, I beat it by next week. Wow, that'd, that'd be, be some dedication. That dude, when it's you haven't put that much time into a game in a single week in a while. Uh, Sekido. Yeah, that was the last one, man, and and that was a fantastic game as well. So yeah, I'm totally stoked about it. Uh, the other games I'm playing right now are, geez, man, I'm I'm gonna sound like you here in a minute. 
So I've got Arc Lab 3, which is on pause right now until I beat Last of Us. Uh, that, I am actually at the final area. I'm at the Sky Castle in, in uh, Arc Lab 3. And so i got to tell you, you remember the Rainbow Bridge gang that I talked yeah. about? Okay, so there's a, a final battle for the Rainbow Bridge gang is one of the missions. Now, realize I was skipping ahead. I was like, okay, I'm going to... Uh, just do the main missions to get yeah, to the end of the game. Like just were, to get it over yeah, with. Yeah, just get it over with. But as I was going through, there was one mission, and it said final battle with the Rainbow Bridge Gang. I'm like, all right, I got to close this arc. 100% have to close this arc. There's no way I can go without doing this. And you go to the bridge, and it's the, uh, the chief. And he comes up, and he's like, hey, um, you know, the, the gang's left me. I've disbanded the gang and everything else. And we're just, <clears throat> we're not going to continue moving on. And then these guys come to like, hey, chief, no, we could take them. Like, if we can beat the guys, like, we need to get the gang back together. Like, we can do this. And so all of them come together, and he's like, all right, fine. If you can beat them, I'll bring the gang back together. Of course, they're so weak, you absolutely demolish them with one magic attack. And he's like, no, we're disbanding the gang forever. And he talks about, like, uh, the chief goes into this whole... Um, they play back like the like the whole scene, like just everything that's occurred and they discuss their entire life and what has occurred before that with the battles and um, him losing, being chief to somebody else, like all these crazy things. And you're just like, oh, my God, like facepalm moments as your characters are sitting there like, just shut up, like move <laughs> on. Then these townspeople come in are like clapping are like, bravo, like that was fantastic. Can you do that again at our theater in the town? And we're like, oh, yeah, we could do that. Now we're actors. Oh and they God. walk off. I'm like, this is such Love bullshit. a game with some like well-developed side characters. Oh, it was so funny. And then the other one is, I don't think I talked about this in previous episodes, but you have these merchants and you do these missions for them where they say, and you're since you're a hunter, you have to do the mission. And essentially... Uh, they, they summon you over, not summon you, but call you out to be able to do this mission. They're like, oh, I want to test out this tonic. It's supposed to prevent monsters from being able to come and attack you. Well, like that one, for example, attracts monsters. So you have battles. Or there's one that says, this is supposed to make you invincible. Like you, your attack increases. It actually makes you paralyzed. Oh, and wow. so you have like one character who's like just knocked out. Like different stuff like that. But every single person's like a member of a family. So you meet the son first, then the daughter, the wife, and then another son, then the husband. And at the end of the game, they all congregate together and they're found in the most mysterious, like random places. So one of them you find in like a volcano and they're like, oh, hey, we opened up shop here. Our first customers, like you're here, this is great. And they're like, why are you in a volcano? Oh, well, we thought this would be a great location for adventures. And that's then, what I was just going to say. Like, I mean, if adventures are your clientele, you want to be set up in like the most adventurous place, right? No, no, it gets better. So then you go to the Sky Castle and you get up there. And I realized we had to get a, um, a blimp together. We had to get that blimp flown up to the Sky Castle, have um, ropes smash into the Sky Castle so we could get off. And then a blimp explodes, okay, to get up to the Sky Castle. You walk in, you make a left, the whole family's in there like, our first customers. Nice. Like, they're here. And they're like, how did you get up here? Like, <laughs> I just did, like, four missions while this guy rebuilt a blimp to get up here. And you guys are already here. And we're like, oh, well, this is a great location for our shop. Do you need anything? And, you know, just a whole ton of stuff. Like, an inn is set up there. And they've got weapons and weaponsmithing and all this other crazy stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's just a good laugh, man. Like, moments like that are really things I like about games like this. Kind of like the Wedge and Biggs of the you know final fantasy games mm -hmm. or the past. uh the mysterious shopkeeper what are you buying yeah what are you just buying? like what are you doing in this castle dude <laughs> yeah like, i mean like you're armed to the teeth i i can imagine how you got here but why or what's his face from the dark soul series I, I forget his name but he's um you know he's got the hat and everything the the one that domes over the Onion Knight? Yeah, no. Is it Onion, technically? I don't remember the exact term. It's been a while You're since I've Dark, Dark Souls, Souls guy. It's been a while. I don't I don't get too deep into the lore on some of these games. But he's a bigger guy, and he gets, like, stuck in a well, yeah, and he's hanging out different... I'm pretty sure that's the Onion guy. And you're just like, what the... Yeah, he looks like an Onion. You're just like, what are you doing in these places? Like, why are you here all of a sudden? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and then the other thing, last thing I've been playing, or two... God, man, I still got two things I'm playing. Uh, Ring Fit Adventure is sick. Sick. Like, it's just amazing in that i'm getting a good quality workout with ring fit adventure and then at the same time i'm enjoying the game like there's a little story tied to it it's really cool like the ability to smash into boxes and jump over things and collect coins like 
it's actually really cool and you have like achievable goals while you're playing you're like i need to destroy this enemy so i gotta do 20 squats to kill this enemy so like last night i did 16 minutes and it was like 60 squats and like 40 leg raises and um, you have like the ring where you can push it in so it's like 30 of those and you hold it over your head and push it in like it's just crazy stuff man yoga poses are tied into it just you're always running in place while you're playing so it tabbed me in at like 0.7 miles while doing all of that other stuff it's like straight up like a light crossfit workout without mm. any sort of weights or pull-ups or anything of that nature yeah. it's it's been really cool actually so uh, my wife and i are playing that we're trying to stay dedicated and do like 15 16 minutes each every day except i guess sunday i'll i'll make that like a rest day and it takes like three months to beat it if you're doing 30 minutes a day and we're both doing only like 16 minutes a day so i mean we're we may be at this for like six months which is cool like if i could stay dedicated to ring fit adventure that'll be pretty awesome yeah and the last last thing that we are playing since my wife and i beat neverwinter nights and then we beat lumo which I think I talked about in the last yeah. podcast episode. Uh, we are now playing ukulele and the uh, whatever it's called. I forget the uh, the name. The new the second ukulele. Yeah, yeah. So we're playing that one, and that's also a blast. Like straight up, you could tell there's so many influences from Donkey Kong. Like you've got barrel shooting you everywhere. The platforming aspects of it, hitting enemies, be able to this jump is a lot more platforms. like a like a Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, yeah. Than like a Banjo Kazooie. Yeah. Definitely like a Donkey Kong Country, but from the top view down, it feels like um, Mario 3D World. Mm. So some of the things, like when you go to the Netherworld in the game, I think it's the Netherworld, um, it's just, or no, Outer Otherworld or Outer World, I don't remember the exact name, but you've just got this whole big map with things unlocking, so you gotta go to Trouser, the Trouser Snake, um, I love that name by the way, and you have to give him uh coins to be able to open up certain gates to unlock other chapters in the uh in the world and oh, that kind of world... like feeding the bananas to the hippo and the pig yeah yeah like in that kind of 64 yeah or like in banjo kazooie the, the obvious like you have to have x amount of honeycombs yeah and, and that type of stuff or notes to be able to get certain places so or, or what is it jiggies i think it's jiggies to open up doors and such but yeah it's the same general concept world opens up and that like top view type of world is very much like Mario 3D land type mm -hmm. of thing. Just the flow of it. It's not exactly the same, but it's kind of close. And there's puzzles and such to figure out and tonics to get. Uh, we're enjoying it. I would say it's it's I, it's I a different experience. Like, I wouldn't compare it to the first one. The first one was great on its own. Had a banjo because we feel. This is great on its own. It has more of that Donkey Kong Country feel. So they're both. But they're still separately their own thing. Yeah, I would say they're definitely their own thing. I mean, you, you can't compare the two. I mean, you can to say, like, do I like one better than two? Um, you know, I probably w would have liked to have seen a, another, like, one type of style, like that Banjo Kazooie yeah. style, because that's what I came to love about the first one. Mm -hmm. But I'm absolutely cool with the platformer style as well. Like, yeah. that, that type of platformer style. How long do you think it's going to take you guys on this one? Oh, man, dude, there's like. God, how many chapters are in this game? It's like 52 Bs you got to get. So we've only unlocked like half the world and we're only on like chapter 14. Okay. So there's probably so you'll like be at it for a few more weeks. No, longer than that. I'll probably be at this for, yeah, I guess like maybe three weeks. Well, depending on Last of Us. Yeah, and depending how dedicated my Wi-Fi are to playing that particular game. Yeah. So we'll see. Okay, well, I took a long ass time, dude. Uh, let's get to article number one. So The Last of Us Part 2 is getting predictably user score bombed on metacritic uh do we have the score up uh so no we don't okay but this I'll, is I'll by paul tassie at forbes and you know review bombing is like this new trend that happens and sometimes it happens for good like i fully agree with what happened with the review bombing for the uh what was it, the warcraft remake the world of warcraft 3 remake that came out that was like absolutely terrible like it, it guess not terrible like they promised so much and showed all this footage for stuff that didn't make it into the game so everybody went online and just review bombed it and then made it the lowest reviewed game on metacritic by finding the next lowest reviewed games and raising the scores up on those so they could bury it even further i agree with that that's a protest but 
for a game like I don't I don't know exactly what the timing was, but like it's supposed to be like a twenty five to thirty hour game or something, and people were just posting zeros like hours after the game came out. Like there's no conceivably way or conceivable way that you could have played through this game and had a bad enough time with it that you thought it deserved a zero. I mean, the visuals, the, uh, I mean, John says the gameplay is pretty good. I mean, I didn't like the first one too much myself, um, but I just didn't really push through it. You know me, I'm easy give up. I don't think that something that was that high a quality in the first place like you would have to really really betray the audience to like deserve like a zero well and here here's what pisses me off about some of these reviews okay here's a zero a zero review on metacritic this game is full political statement it's more political statement than a game it's like a bad movie uh plot um forced out of place characters and pushed a political agenda okay you obviously didn't play this you just, you don't agree with the political, uh, like, okay, Ellie's a lesbian in the game. Tough shit. Like, whatever. Yeah. Like, okay, you don't like, you don't stand for that? Okay, cool. Why don't play you, the game. Don't play the game. Like, why are you going to put out a negative review? People are just like, it's a very tumultuous time. People choose to be negative online, and it's, it's difficult to control those. And, I mean, no matter how much game companies want to try to remain neutral to appeal to the broadest common denominator and get the most sales on their game like um well and, and dude get get just more of these like this i'm just going to call out some of these because they're ridiculous and just so people listening understand that the well, i don't think we need to boost I, all those messages I, well i understand that but it's it's to kind of get an idea so people know that of the twenty nine thousand reviews that are on here realize last of us remastered only has 9,000 reviews. And that's over the course of its entire lifespan. This yeah. is 24,000 in like the last two days. Two days. And nobody has played 30 hours of gameplay in two days. I mean, some people, there's definitely some people on this list. Yeah, the dedicated have, people. Yeah, and I guarantee you they're not the ones posting the zeros. Yeah. If I see five and six star reviews of I just beat this game, I blaze through it. Okay, cool. Like, I totally get that. But like, this game is nothing but homosexuality and promotion of violence and revenge or a very bad plot, total SWJ propaganda. It's not even SWJ, it's SJW. Yeah. Like, you can't even get that right. So, like, you parasite that's, on Joel character. It's just yeah, stupid. That's the broadest common denominator that yeah. they're trying to appeal to here. And, you know, the uh, the politics of games, like, you can't really separate those things. Like, the creator's you know, live in our world and they get inspired by things that are going on. And, you know, art has always been used as a platform to demonstrate, you know, not only social change and political change, but also as a way to comment on those things and give people who maybe aren't directly involved or don't interact with that part of the world in their life. It gives you another way to interact with those types of things. Like if you're not into watching the news and you you know you still want to see things in the media that are reflective of the world you live in going through art is another outlet for that and you know if you don't agree with that you know keep it to yourself like you don't have to go out there and dump on something that so many people have worked so hard to do and put this stain on their record because you feel insecure and don't know how to you know address what you have going on well i mean if you look at art throughout the ages you know you've got nude statues like the statue of david has a dong hanging out you know like there's all these crazy things of it and like just art is just an expression of you know just it's an expression right so you've got naughty dog creating this fantastic game they have, yeah, there might be some social items that are touched upon in the game, but I don't necessarily, in what I've played so far, it's not pushing an agenda. It's not saying you have to be this or have to be that. Like, this is a story of, you know, somebody that's in love and there's revenge that's tied to this as well. And there's other components of it. Like, I don't want to do any spoilers, but the the revenge component of this from the world that they live in 
is fully justified in what I have played based on the game, right? So I'm not saying like if this happened to me, I would go out on and yeah. go crazy, right? But, you know, based on the video game and this series and this world and where it takes place, her revenge, you know, plot or her revenge path is fully justified. And the way that it's depicted and the way you see this go down, yeah, it's brutal. And it's something that, you know, I can't wait to get more into. And so here's... Here's actually an 8 out of 10 review. And, uh, you know, he just says, the story is different from the first game. The game is incredible. Characters are amazing. Gameplay is better than the first game, which so far I agree with. Um, I see why people are mad, but that's understandable. The game is hard to consume. It's just depressing. Uh, but that's what makes it good. And, like, yeah. I was super depressed last night going to bed based on what I saw. Well, and it's that's another thing that art does is, like, good art will challenge you. Yeah. So to be challenged by... A game or a film or, you know, God knows there's probably a ton of novels out there that are super challenging just to get through. Like putting that challenge in front of you will help you like gain some of that depth that you're trying to look for in that material. So it's like not every game should be, you know, a lighthearted romp like Mario or a mindless shoot fest like Call of Duty. Like there's definitely room in the gaming ecosystem for games like this to exist and i mean lord knows this conversation has been had like a hundred million times already about other games as art and such yeah but like to put out like a very like actually mature like mature we use as a rating to talk about you know how much explicits and how much uh, you know, gore and violence and what the themes are of certain things if they're a little bit darker. Like, we use that as our rating for mature, but, like, mature in the sense of, like, a real emotional story that deals with, like, adult, you know, themes and topics and, like, you know, some deep context. Like, that's a level of mature that we don't get often enough in gaming. And I would, I mean... Metacritic's such kind of a BS thing anyways. Like, if you're that into Metacritic that you have an account and you're on there rating stuff just to bomb, like, obviously you're whoever. But, like, the Metacritic score shouldn't really dictate what you're willing to play. Like, I mean, you might cap yourself out and say, I'm never going to play anything below a 5. That's probably a fair, you know, point to have. But, like, if you're going to not play something because a 20,000 people said rah, 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 rah. Like, you're not really... It's not going to stop anybody. No, you're just exactly. being an ass. And it, sh and it shouldn't. I mean, that's it's just kind of frustrating when you look at, you know, a company like Naughty Dog has spent years perfecting this and making this a, you know, a top-notch game for the fans and to see, like, negative backlash from people that aren't even going to enjoy the game. They're not going to play it. They just want to be asses about it. And, you know, and it's not to say, you know, you had made a point where... And I hate to do the whole political thing, but, you know, you had made a point that, you know, if you don't like it, you know, they're not pushing anything on you and all that. It, I get where that side is coming from because it's like, oh, well, you're making this just a norm and I don't believe in that and whatnot. OK, fine. But to your point, it is artwork. So if you're going to bash this type of artwork, then you need to bash other types of artwork and other types of things that are out in the world that depict certain activities yeah. that are occurring. Like, you know, when you sexual paintings there are out in the world you know and and this is what's getting you know the hype right now because it's a violent video game that yeah. happens to have lesbians and on top of that um you know i was talking to uh church and jason the other day and they're like oh yeah like we knew you hadn't played via the dlc because you're because last week i'd mentioned like you know ellie's kind of a lesbian out of nowhere for me but the dlc really does break that down from mm -hmm. the last of us part one like okay the i think it's the last of us the left behind i think it's what it's called um, but it breaks down like her whole background story and how mm. she got bit and everything else. And so this has been knowledge through that and comic books for seven years now. Yeah, that's the thing. So, some like, people don't have that exposure. Like if if some people like just attach to that first game and games kind of do a bad job sometimes of like letting you understand like what you're getting in the DLC or you know, what other avenues there are to get more information about these characters and outside things like comic book tie-ins and stuff. That stuff happens all the time. And the amount of people that actually 
like engage with that material is so low compared to the people who just play the game well and i'll be honest so like i beat last of us part one and really enjoyed the game it was awesome and obviously my excitement towards this game was because of that but i never did play the dlc mm-hmm. and i never did read the comics that are tied to it i didn't get fully enveloped in the entire world of yeah. the last of us i really wish i did at this point and that's why like before i even started the game like i had a good hour and a half where it was just you know i could have started playing last of us too but i said no i want to sit back and i want to read back on the story and have a full understanding of you know what happened so i pulled up a last of us uh, dlc uh, movie in a sense which mm-hmm. had the cut scenes and pieces leading up yeah. to the cut scenes to fully understand the story before i jumped into this and made like some you know rash you know statement about oh well here's what's going on and here's yeah. why i don't agree with it or, wh- or whatever may have occurred but because you're taking this deep story out of context yeah if you don't have all those pieces yeah so to say you know and i, I misspoke last week on it but you know there's a lot of people here that are showing a lot of hate for this game because of the context it's like this has been knowledge for quite some time and now you're hating on it like why didn't you hate on it seven years ago i mean maybe they did and it just wasn't a big deal back then yeah i guess maybe because of just the the political spectrum right now what's going on and i mean it's just there's a lot going on in the world right now and maybe that's kind of pumping out that whenever tensions are high yeah you know tensions get high everywhere you know like you eh, here's the thing it's gonna be a good game the game well it is a good game the game is is amazing if you're listening and you haven't picked it up or you're on the fence on whether you want to play it if you hadn't played last of us one play last of us one play the dlc if you can it'll be on the remastered one i heard and if you can read the comics just find a copy of the comics and jump into this one like it's a fantastic story the first one was great this one is just as great hopefully it's better and it's amazing so far i'm loving it so if you haven't played it yet mcdonald's i'm loving it if If you haven't played it yet, avoid reading any kind of, like, comments or stuff, because I guess people are also spamming spoilers like crazy. So if you want to go through unspoiled, and you're listening to this before you played it for some reason, <laughs> yeah, then uh, yeah, right. I, I guess you're you're taking this at your own pace already, but watch out. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, we would have said spoilers in advance, so yeah, no spoilers on that. It's amazing. It's totally worth the money to pick this up if you can find a collector's edition i think amazon still has them out as of today i love the collector's edition it was awesome with the statue and all the the pieces that came in with it and i can't wait to talk more about this game man it is super exciting been waiting a long time for it i'm so giddy over it and i just i can't wait to get deeper into this story okay next up off of our soapboxes and on to billy mitchell so we've got Guinness reverses decision to strip Billy Mitchell's Pac-Man and Donkey Kong records. This comes to us from Sean O'Kane at The Verge. So uh, you had not seen yet uh, King of Kong Fistful of Quarters, from what I understand. I haven't seen it. I've heard of it. I definitely know about this guy. I definitely know that there was like some controversy about it. I I want to say maybe I saw something on The Gaming Historian or we prob- somewhere on YouTube. I think we had an episode last year, I want to say. Did we talk about With this? a former co-host where we had discussed, um, I think when they actually took away the the actual records. I want to say we discussed it last year. Um, but I do know I've shared some articles. Like when they first stripped it away, it was hilarious. It's just because the guy's an asshole. <laughs> He's straight up is. And like if when you watch king of kong since it is on youtube so anybody that hasn't seen it yeah watch i found it on YouTube. youtube i don't know if that's like a legit source but i googled it and it came up with the youtube thing and well it's like a documentary style i know there's a lot of gaming documentaries available on youtube though. yeah and this one's actually really good like if you didn't have any knowledge or don't have any knowledge about like the arcade uh like what is it twin galaxies and twin galaxies yeah, yeah and the records and everything their whole process and how they manage things back during that period of time i think it was the 80s for that and if you don't have any idea on like the whole arcade scene at that point in time and records and people trying to get high scores and all that, this is a great documentary that really does go in depth on Billy Mitchell. And, and who was the second guy? I, uh, I it doesn't say in the article. I'll look it up for us here uh, in a moment. But yeah, so pretty much the King of Kong Fistful of Quarters goes through, I forget his name offhand, but it's his story and how he basically busted his ass to try and get to um, get a high score in Donkey Kong. And he was it just shows like 
his whole process of like, oh my God, so I had to do this and then get to this point and you get to X level and you have to start over. Like this guy was straight up dedicated. I can't okay? arcade like that. I can't even regular game like that. Yeah. Like people that could just do like arcade games, that's beyond me. Like there's just something about the uh, high score chasing mentality that I can't get behind. Like it's not enough motivation for me to get so involved to just try to crush high score on most arcade games like the hardest core i ever went was with a Suro when i got into the leaderboards it's a steve wibby by the way that's the uh that is our guy so yeah it basically goes into his whole story and um how he did you know got to that point and then billy mitchell's on the other end like every time steve like broke a record whatever it may be billy mitchell's over here breaking the record right off the bat right like, back yeah like how the hell is this possible so it goes through kind of this like challenge of the two and I, I don't recall exactly, but I want to say that they went to, it might have been Twin Galaxies, where Wibby was playing the game and they were going to try and get both of them there. And so Billy Mitchell ends up sending in a recording of mm -hmm. his record to show that he beat it. So Wibby sets a record and everything. Everybody's going crazy. Everything's set. Like he's, you know, super pumped, obviously, and worn down from playing this game as long as he has. And we're like, oh, by the way, uh, we have the recording from Billy Mitchell. Oh, uh, he just see, like mailed it in. He mailed it in uh, to show that he had beat it. And there was a lot of controversy on the tape that showed, um, I want to say there were like lines where it just kind of looked like he was cheating while playing the game. And it just, it didn't look like valid footage and it looked like it was tampered with basically. And so you couldn't, you couldn't trust it at face value. And it's yeah. like, if you're going to do something that's going to be like, I mean, if you're going to do anything Especially nowadays, there's really not that much of an excuse for poor footage. Like, this wasn't years and years ago. It's not like this happened in, like, the 70s. Like, this happened in, like, what was it, 2018 or no, something? No, man, this is like the 80s. Oh, was it? Yeah, I'll double check here so I'm not, like, speaking out of turn. Uh, no, uh, 2003, roughly, it says. Okay. And then... Uh, oh, 2018 was when he had his record stripped. Yeah, and then the movie itself premiered in 2007. So this wasn't like, you know, just a couple of years ago. This has been something for a while. Um, so yeah. they decided to strip him of his record back in 2018. And then this article that we're actually talking about, like, they reinstated his record because they went back, they talked to um, some people and reviewed the footage and... They basically said it was Time goes on. They said it was inconclusive that they couldn't really based on the footage. It basically Mitchell appealed the records being reversed and mm -hmm. so or really being taken away. And essentially Guinness said, "Okay, well based on our policy and what we have for all records and what happens, um, you know, Mitchell's appeal actually fit, you know, their policy of it has to be like inconclusive. Uh, there has to be, you know, 100% like kind of like with NFL reviews they have to be 100% sure they just can't be 50-50 when mm -hmm. like a fumble or an interception or something occurs like there has to be you know conclusive evidence to show that a decision is made final or can be reversed and so Guinness pretty much determined we really didn't have enough to take away these to begin with so we have to reverse it so that's kind of what it came down to honestly I would just say the guy needs to get on a stage and just set the record straight well you i know, mean and, how and many times it. can you do that how many times can you play a perfect game well i don't know man i mean if he's been doing it for as many years as he can the guy's a pac-man master you know like well yeah but i mean like people are professional bowlers and that doesn't mean that every time they go bowling they hit a 300 yeah but they got damn close so it's not to say that you know what if he got the pac-man he was like a level short type of thing right like it's just wears on you i don't remember how old he is i think he's one of his 40s or 50s now here i'll take a look really quick yeah i mean your uh your dexterity definitely goes down like you're yeah. not going to be able to keep up with the youngins yeah billy mitchell's 54 years old so i mean if you put billy mitchell on the stage right now and say go through all that you know every pac-man level and every donkey kong level you can until you set the record i mean his you know it's it's just kind of not going to happen you know compared to somebody half his age potentially mm -hmm. not to say he can't play still but you know, it's it's just not as fluid. The motions just aren't there. As you get older, it's just science. You yeah. Know? You start losing some of those movements. Um, or not losing them, but it's not as... You're not as good. Yeah. You're not as good of a gamer. We um, all know how aging works, John. Yeah, we all know how aging works. Okay, so regardless, 
Do you agree or disagree with Guinness's decision? You know, Twin Galaxies is not going to reverse their decision. And from everything that I've learned about Guinness, they're not really like a straight up great organization themselves anyways. And you can basically just kind of buy records from Guinness. Seriously? Yeah. I mean, it's weird. Like you get so much credibility from being like in the Guinness Book of World Records or whatever, but they regularly take money from like people they probably shouldn't take money from for people to make records that they don't need to make. Uh, it's it's really weird. Like there's this there's this one country I saw in the dark tourism mm-hmm. uh, docu series on Netflix. Uh, some country I can't remember what it is, but they have this giant city that's almost completely empty that they built for hosting some type of Olympic type thing, but not as big as the Olympic. Think of like the JV Olympics, Mm -hmm. I guess. And like nobody lives there. Nobody really uses it, but they have like the largest indoor Ferris wheel they built there. And it's probably a country that like, shouldn't have spent that money on those extravagant things and then paid Guinness Book of World Records a bunch of money to go over there so they could have this obscure record. Like, they they take a bunch of money from people that they shouldn't be taking money from for stupid reasons. I think it was uh, John Oliver covered this one week on his show, talking about it. It's, I don't know. It, it was a weird thing, but I would stick with Twin Galaxies. Twin Galaxies is the authority on like video gaming records as kind of established by the video gaming community. And Guinness is one of those big organizations that, you know, is kind of over everything and really doesn't care. So I think that their opinion holds less weight in the gaming community compared to Twin Galaxies. So Yeah, and I think that's fair, man. If Guinness wants to change its mind, that's Guinness's prerogative. But I don't think that they're the ones who should be speaking on it for everybody well and you know just to to make notes and nobody's here saying oh billy mitchell doesn't hold the record yeah we know that billy mitchell does not from what i know uh does not hold the record right now for you know donkey kong and pac-man i think that's been broken several times over the years pac-man in particular the record is shown on there as a first person to um to essentially get to that end screen if I'm correct. So that's what the record is in Guinness. So it's pretty much just saying all of his records that were in Guinness are just kind of reinstated, basically. Mm-hmm. So anybody, like if he's number five on something, like he's back to being number five. He, he isn't removed. Um, and then let's see. So I think here it is. Uh, it looks like Hank Chine, it looks like. No, former record holder of Kong Off. Um, yeah, we can get into a little deeper down the road. But, you know... All I would recommend is watch King of Kong Fistful of Quarters. Look at the overall, you know, people that have come after Wibby and after Mitchell and obviously broken records for these games. It's actually a really interesting, you know, really it's interesting side of gaming. of our community. Yeah, it's a really interesting side. We're not as involved in the arcade type community, although we love going to arcades when we get the chance. Um, so, uh, you know, shout out to Starfighters because uh, they have a great arcade there but yeah you know make your own uh, judgment on this check out all the information that there is and you know let us know on uh on our social media platforms what you think so find us on twitter instagram and facebook at the game deflators and at game deflators and just let us know what you think on this all right so, so last up this year we have the inductees to the video game hall of fame uh the nominees the 12 finalists were bejeweled centipede Frogger, GoldenEye 007, Guitar Hero, King's Quest, Minecraft, NBA Jam, Nokia Snake, Super Smash Bros. Melee, Uncharted 2 Among Thieves, and Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? That was the top 12 finalists. And a drumroll, Ryan. Who is the, uh, who are the four inductees? We've got Bejeweled, Centipede, King's Quest, and Minecraft. Woo! What the hell? What is this? Like I, I think that's a solid set. Like uh, I've never bejeweled. Yeah, over dude. Smash Bros. Okay, so this is the thing. This is or Nokia uh, Snake. Come on, 
Nokia Snake was definitely a better game than Bejeweled and had yeah. a lot more influence in all of us as gamers than Bejeweled. Like, our moms played Bejeweled. I played Bejeweled. Okay, well, Ryan and our moms played Bejeweled. But Bejeweled led the way to Candy Crush and Do you play Candy Puzzle Crush? Quest. Do you play those games? I've played all of those games. It led us to terrible phone-based games that literally have the exact same concept in every single game. Yeah, but the you match three... You line up three things and they blow up, and then you have a little jewel, and then that blows up more Dude, stuff. Dude, you like Puyo Puyo. Okay, Puyo That's Puyo's... the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. It's similar. It's kind of like Tetris. These other ones are literally just a remask of Bejeweled. Yeah, I I think that I think that it's a good list. I mean, I I guess I could argue Bejeweled, but I think that King's Quest and uh, Centipede are definitely and you know Minecraft on there. You know Minecraft, Microsoft paid them off. Well, yeah, but Minecraft's like probably one of the best games of all time. Eh, like I it'll guess. definitely go down as that. Like thirty years from now, when people have forgotten. 100% influential. But come on, Nokia Snake? How did Nokia Snake not make it to this list? I don't know. Maybe regular Snake's already on there. And for anybody that's like below the age of If you don't know what a Nokia is... Then you're not old enough. We're not talking to you. <laughs> no, we'll talk to you. You should listen to our podcast. But uh, yeah, you're just not old enough. You wouldn't understand the, the pain of having to light up your parents' Nokia phone to play Snake on the little light-up green screen. It was like oh. a poor guy's Game Boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I used to play that all the time. Even Man, though I'd... it probably cost more than a Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. It probably cost more and really all you had was Snake. Yeah. And maybe Frogger. I, I, I don't remember if we had Frogger or not on ours. But Nokia Snake, come on. It's fantastic. It should have beat Bejeweled. Uh, what else was on there again? You want me to read them again? Yeah, read them again. Read them again. The people uh, need to know. They don't want to hit play again. Or okay, rewind. so Bejeweled, Centipede, Frogger, GoldenEye 007, Guitar Hero, King's Quest, Minecraft, NBA Jam, Nokia Snake, Super Smash Bros. Melee, Uncharted 2 Among Thieves, and Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? So some of those would be debatable. Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? Eh. Uncharted 2, I don't know why that would be on there right now, given it's what 10 years ago it well came that's out. the thing these are from all different you know I, I ages and genres and stuff like well i you... don't know who nominates this stuff every year but i mean once you're nominated it's not like you can never be nominated again well true but like you know do you think guitar hero should have beat out bejeweled for example um i would say yeah guitar hero just opened up a whole other movement of gaming yeah but i mean if you want to talk access bejeweled has def more people have played bejeweled than have played guitar hero well yeah because moms aren't sitting there playing guitar hero so moms don't deserve to be represented in the hall of fame well they do but bejeweled mom doesn't games well then there should be a separate category mom games it should have bejeweled <laughs> candy so, crush so they got action platformers we got shovelware we got mom games yeah so like farmville <laughs> has its own category uh bejeweled goes in that category candy crush really all just the bad games all yeah. of those games go in that one category hey they're all good to some people okay i will i will give remember, you that remember remember john uh, One man's Super trash Mar is another Su man's treasure. Super Mario Bros. 2 is somebody's favorite Mario game. You know, <laughs> so we do a lot of posting on Facebook and such. And uh, one of the things that I noticed whenever we've mentioned Mario 2 is out of the woodwork, all these Mario 2 fans just come out of nowhere like, oh, it's the best Mario ever. I'm like, OK, it's different. Like, it's not the best ever, though. Like, all of these Mario fans. Mario 2 specifically. Just, and oh, you don't like Mario 2? You must hate Mario. No, I don't. I just like good video games. <laughs> so, that's that's the Video Game Hall of Fame for this year. I mean, I guess bringing in four a year is... I think we did this last year, too. Probably. I don't know. We'll... we'll... We'll check up on it next year. And we'll see we'll see what happens next year. So so folks know and uh, or want to know about this. Uh, really, this one was just an article I found yesterday and was like, Ryan, this is pretty cool. We should talk about it. And I think this is actually the exact same thing that happened last year where I was like, Ryan, look, I found, you know, people have inducted in the video game Hall of Fame. And you're like, oh, we'll check on it next year. If you year. were going to play one of those four games today, John, which would you play? Centipede. Same here. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I love Centipede. Centipede was like one of the... I got one of those uh, those stupid like Atari joystick things you just plug into your oh, yeah, AV yeah. cables for the TV. And I used to play like Centipede for like an hour. I've got like a couple copies of Centipede here. But no, whenever we hit Starfighters, we actually play a lot of Centipede and a lot of Millipede mm. when we're there. It's always fun to, you know, 
beat the records that are on the screen. Well, speaking of joining an elite, an elite list of games, that was weird. Elite list, an elite list of games. This week in the Inflation Deflation Challenge, we have Mario Power Tennis for the GameCube. This was developed by Camelot Software Planning, published by Nintendo. Designer Haruki Kodera released in October 2004. It is indeed a sports game. And it received about a 8 out of 10. And I'm inclined to agree. I really enjoy me some Mario X Sports. Especially the tennis series is the one that I've played the most. Unless you count karting and brawling. Um, I think that it was a fun game. I definitely remember playing this. Uh, I definitely played more of the Mario Tennis for N64. Than I did for the GameCube. But... I think it's a great series. I love uh, the idea of tennis, not so much the playing or watching of actual tennis. So this oh. is the perfect middle ground where you can both play and watch at the same time. And it's better than doing either in real life. Oh, dude, I love playing tennis in real life. It's fun. Yeah. You don't you know what it is? Ryan just doesn't like working out. I just don't like that's really what it comes down. I just to. don't like things. There's like, just things out there and I don't like them. Like, Ryan, look. Ring Fit Adventure, you should try this. Oh, that's cool. Wait a second. Do I have to stand up for this? <laughs> right. Do I have to run? No, I'll just watch hey, you I'll, I'll get I'll get down on some VR <laughs> and some DDR. Okay, though, yeah, I guess you can get down on that. I, I've seen you play those. Um, well, not VR, but I've seen you play DDR. So uh, this game, you know, is probably the second sports game, technically second sports game that we've reviewed. Is it? Uh, yeah, because we did uh, Wayne Gretzky on the Super Nintendo and I kicked your ass in that. Yeah, but did you kick my ass in something else, too? Yeah, actually, uh, Mario uh, Power Tennis today. We were close. We were very close. For a while there, it was actually just all John for quite a while. And then you came storming back. Yeah. And then towards the end, we had the... You actually tied it, as a matter of fact. I tied it up, and then we got into this mode where it was just like... We kept switching, and well, it was it, like three to six, and it's like, what does that even mean? It was basically best of five on oh, the points, okay. right? So it was best of five on points, and or first of five on points. So I guess best out of nine, technically. And so Ryan was up like 3-0 on me, and I just came roaring back, knocked in you five You got a handle on that hammer. Oh, yeah, the hammer was just... Mario was... You know, you don't come into Mario's house to play tennis and think you're going to come I, out I winning. was playing Shy Guy. I had my super reach spear that was dude that was absurd yeah super absurd like i'm hitting like corners and ryan's like way to hell on the other side of the court and shy guy just throws just out like his spear. mr elastic oh my god i hated that so much and mario just has his hammer and his stupid spin uh but yeah so this is the second sports game we've done second one i've kicked your ass in and uh eight out of ten i too would agree ryan I think it's totally an 8 out of 10 type game. I mean, if you've ever played any of the Mario sports games, they're uh, fun. yeah, the their quality is outstanding. You know, it's always uh, a pretty good use of the characters, like uh, especially in this one, like not so much in the first one, but like in this one, like that, like tribal shy guy aesthetic is pulled in from kind of the outer Mario World, kind of him using his big hammer, that's kind of some outside stuff. It kind of has those elements that you see in Smash where it's like you get to see those extra bits of those characters and it kind of makes it feel like, oh, yeah, I forgot that Mario did this, too. You know, it's always great to see that extension kind of brought in by these third parties. Yeah, like I've actually enjoyed the uh, the Mario Olympics games in the past. They've been pretty fun. But, you know, we should probably play some Mario baseball. Did you get uh, Mario Sonic at the Tokyo Games 2020? No, I didn't. Because I, it's not really happening. It'll be the only Olympics going on this year. That's true. Actually, I should look into it. It kind of stands one. out as an interesting point in history. Is this still out right now? It's probably gone up in price. It's probably sold out like everything else everywhere. Well, yeah, that's true. Everything is sold out right now. Well, speaking of prices and everything being sold out everywhere right now, let's talk price. So, Mario Power Tennis for the GameCube. Uh, complete inbox is going to run you $31.35. That's peaking right now. Uh, this is one of those ones that we don't really have any data before April 2013 on the complete inbox price. But right now, it's shooting up because everybody who was in quarantine was buying games and jacked up all the prices. You're welcome. Uh, loose, though, you can get it for $17.80. 
That peaked at $57 in December 2006. That's really odd, man. And like, that's trending up right now. That's, yeah, I don't know, man. A peak of 57 bucks. What other data is there? Is that consistent? Like, it was just, or was that one? Uh, No, so if you look at the price charting on that, it was at 57 in 2006. Uh. By a year later, it was still at like 35, okay, jumped so. back up to 44 again, and then it really kind of dove down and hit the under $10 range back in 2010, and it's been kind of living there and rising up to the 15-ish ever since. Okay, that makes sense. All right, yeah, I was looking at 57, like, that's crazy that... You know, they don't have enough data for a complete in box. It's that high. Now we're at the peak right now, but 57 back in 06. So, yeah, that's interesting. So it's uh, it's definitely one of those games that has resulted in a huge hike in the last couple months. Uh, I mean, before before all the COVID nonsense, it was back in January. It was sitting at 1988 for complete. Yeah, so it's gone up, what, 33% roughly? Yeah. Something so, like that, 50%? So now's probably not the right time to buy this game, I would say. Well, I would say that right now's probably not the right time to buy a lot of these games because they're probably going to come back down. Well, I don't know, man, because, you know, something that we really have discussed... Or do you discussed, think we're aging into the GameCube becoming the key collection? Yeah, I think we're kind of getting that point, so... So collecting is really around nostalgia for people, right? So a lot of folks that were playing the GameCube back when they were younger, they're grown up now and wanting to play GameCube. Uh, same is going for PS2. Obviously, you saw my copy of Kuon, which I am absolutely floored, but it's 500 bucks. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're seeing PS2 games are skyrocketing right now. Uh, you're seeing RPGs on PS1 skyrocket. Uh, GameCube games are going up. N64 is going up. Like... There's a lot of nostalgia kicking in right now. But if mm. you look at stuff like Super Nintendo and NES and Sega Genesis, I don't necessarily know that those are going up so high right now compared to, you know, GameCube games like Animal Crossing going from like 15, 20 bucks to 80 bucks overnight type of thing. <laughs> so, you know, I'd, I'd have to look into a little more to see like the prices for some of the other consoles and what they're averaging. I'm sure everything's high across the board regardless, but I think... GameCube and PS2 and that kind of area is where it's starting to kind of spike a little bit more due to that nostalgia kick that comes in, you know, every several years. It just gets to a point where, oh, cool, like those old games I played, you know, I want to play them again. Yeah, you got to figure maybe like, what is it, like 10 to 15 years? Basically, when you were a kid and you were playing stuff, add however long it takes you to make enough money to buy that stuff again. That's what's going to be like the new hot. Yeah, and PS3 is getting, uh, it's not that point yet, but PS3 is going to pick up steam here, I would say, in the next couple of years, if it hasn't Man, already. I can't imagine. Could you imagine? Hey, all you out there listening, let us know if you're young people, because that would be cool to know. But, like, what was it like to have the PlayStation 3 as your first console? Like, not even to have to worry about, like, you know... 32-bit system coming at you like none of that like fake hype about like the new power of of the ultimate and does what Nintendo don't like you're not you're so far beyond that you were living in a world of like wow man everything's freaking amazing like even the crappy games are awesome yeah exactly man like somebody back then was probably what eight nine years old could have been their first console like, like at a ps3 like somebody I'm got sitting there like it's my third generation well fourth generation console really yeah somebody got a ps3 and a copy of africa for christmas john could you imagine you know how disappointed <laughs> they probably were and said i don't like this and trade in and then they're gonna go back for nostalgia's sake and say oh man i really wish i had that copy of africa still good god like that's that's really where PS3 gaming is for me right now. I mean, you know that I pick up a lot of PS3 games when I can, uh, complete in box, because I just know that there's there's titles out there that are super obscure and I'm not going to come across them. There's tons of RPGs that are already going up in price on the PS3, and you know me, man, I like to collect my RPGs. So yeah, I think yeah. the PS3 is probably the console that I engage with the least. Really? Because, yeah, like, I had one, and then I sold it for rent money, 
And then I bought one many years later. I got a bundle one with uh, Grand Theft Auto V when that came out. And then I don't think I ever bought like another game for it after I got Grand Theft Auto V and Zone of the Enders and God of War. And no, yeah. I probably bought a few more things, but I just ah, I I just didn't play it that much. Anyways, this yeah, is yeah, all. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, let's, we're talking let's go Mario back. Power Tennis. Where the hell did we get on this? Uh, from collecting. Come Gosh. On. Okay, so, so we uh, talk about collecting here. We already the... <laughs> talked brass tax. God, man, we have some bad ADD sometimes. All right, so we already talked brass tax on price point. Uh, yep. Where are you at? What do you think? Inflated, deflated, just right? Dude, you know what? I love me some GameCube. I love me some Mario, but I think that you could. This is the thing. The newest Mario Tennis game that came out. I don't think that this game is better than that. And I think that they'll probably, I don't know. Let me look up. Let me look up how much that one is. It's probably like 40, 50 bucks right now. It's, you a, think? Switch, it's a switch game. Their, okay. Their games don't drop in price. Okay. Very so, rarely. Stuff like Mario Rabbids is like where you're going to have the random price drops, but like a Mario game, like power tennis or anything mm. like that is typically going to stay at at least 35 plus. Okay. Well, yeah. I definitely know that I've heard that the Wii Mario Tennis, the Wii U one? Yeah, wasn't super great. Well, I mean, I want to play that just to have it. Um look, here's the thing. It's tennis. You're either going to like tennis, or you're not going to like tennis. If you've been playing the Mario Tennis games from I think all the way back to like you said GameCube, then N64. And and or sorry, not GameCube. I meant N64 actually. That was in my mind while saying it. Uh so yeah, if you've been playing all the way back from N64, and you get to the wii u version like hey this isn't that good okay that's cool but if you haven't played a mario tennis game and you've got a wii u or you have a switch you don't necessarily need to go get a gamecube and, and buy one and buy this i mean it's tennis tennis is fun to play as mario and yeah i, I don't think you really need to pay 30 bucks for this so mario power tennis for the gamecube is you mean the switch one no, no, for the GameCube, the one we're talking about right now is the, uh, it's not as expensive as Mario Tennis for the N64, and it's not as expensive as Mario Tennis Aces for the Switch. So, it's probably the best, cheapest Mario Tennis game that you can get. If because you I wanted don't to go that think, route. yeah, because I don't think that the Wii U, the Tennis Ultra Smash, I don't think that that one is as good as this one. So I think that for the thirty-one thirty-five that you would pay for this, you're gonna get the best Mario Tennis experience at the lowest price point. So I'm gonna say that it's worth it. I think that thirty bucks might be expensive, but I think that that's what you're saying. That's just what you're gonna pay for something of this caliber. And I would choose this one over buying any of the others. So I'm going to say it's just right. So, yeah, I would say it would be technically just right <clears throat> based on the current market and based on the fact that, yes, to your point, all the other Mario Tennises are a higher price point, right? But the, good, the other good ones. This is assuming you have a GameCube. So if you don't have this game... or well, If you don't if, have a GameCube and you want to buy this game, you're going to be paying a bunch of money well, yeah exactly that's what i'm saying so like if you don't have a gamecube and you're just wanting to buy a gamecube to play this game which i don't know why you would um want to buy a gamecube just for this game then i would say it's not worth it but if you already have one and you don't feel like buying a 50 dollars switch game or 30 something dollar wii u game or whatever it may be or the n64 version then yeah i mean 30 bucks it's 31 35 30 bucks roughly i would say it's just right based on the market and based on those other underlying factors. Now, if you want a loose copy, 17 bucks, it's not too bad right now. That's, you know, given the market, 17 bucks is good. Yeah. Okay, so we are on just right. So that balloon is not deflated and it's not inflated. It is just right. So we will have that located at some point in the near future on thegamedeflators.com. Yay. Yay. Uh, under our reviews. And uh, we didn't mention it before, but if you are catching us now on your... Uh, standard podcast application thanks for listening uh if this is your first time whether it is on youtube or just overhearing us which would be kind of creepy on your buddy's podcast if somebody's got this hooked up to a loudspeaker somewhere thank you for all the exposure you could be randomly giving us exactly and those listening spotify <laughs> itunes podcast addict apple Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are found and of course six star reviews are always necessary
We'll settle for five. Settling for five. We prefer six. All right, man. Uh, Real fans would give six stars. <laughs> for sure. Okay, so we got to figure out what we're playing next week. Um, we also got a really cool... Oh, I just hit my desk. We got a really cool uh, feature that we want to do here pretty soon on some PS2 games and budget-type gaming and everything. We'll be unveiling that here. Hopefully, if it's not next week, it'll be in future episodes we're gonna have a whole thing about that we've got some new ideas coming your way soon some really cool stuff so i kind of want to play a ps2 game to get those gears rolling for us sounds good especially if we record twice next week so how about um do i have black if i have black we should play that no what how do i not have black i am disappointed in myself i need to buy that now Ryan, you got five seconds. One, two, three, four, and five. Oh, what do you pick? I think that's an RPG. Oh yeah. Okay, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out during the week. He picked up uh, was Legend of the Gaia too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll we'll pick it up next week. We'll find something to play. We'll let y'all know. It'll be a lot of fun uh you're still picking up games okay that's the one that is what we are playing we are going to play i remember this this was a toonami original anime series oh well you're excited okay so igpx immortal grand prix this is what the hell we should play kinetica as well sometime okay it kind of reminds me of that just looking at this okay so next week igpx immortal grand prix uh That is episode 85 of the Game Inflators podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening.